1: Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. CTMobile.com.
2: Are you a company looking for someone to help them with their content? Why not try out GL Pro? GL Pro are a business based in London that help lots of companies like yours develop content for the web, whether it's film, audio, podcasts, or even website design. Get in contact with them today for a free consultation on www.glpro.co.uk Sanjurati Talks. Hello guys, how you doing? Welcome to episode 7 of sanj Surati talks i have got a fantastic dude for you well he's a friend of a friend and i've seen him rise into this fantastic person over the last few years please welcome to the stage director of photography mr simon Rowland. hello hello how, you how are you yeah good thanks mate cool thank you so much for joining us buddy it's really good to have you on here i've seen you i mean you've been like, a very in director of photography but i've just noticed over the last few years you've started to do some fantastic things and really started to make a name for yourself and i'm really glad that you're on here because there's a lot of people in the film sector who listen to this who probably are going to get a lot of value from what you have to say um so simon there's a few people on here that don't know who you are why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction into who you are and a little bit about your background
1: Uh, So I've been a director of photography or cinematographer, whoever you want to call it, um, for about six years. Um, Before that, I was doing sort of dabbling in special effects, pyrotechnics, things like that, Um, basically because I did a degree in model making. Um, So I did model making then into special effects. So like loads of onset kind of wind, fire, rain, things like that. Um, but I was kind of getting bored of of uh, of doing those things, and, which sounds weird, but I got bored of doing those things, and um, decided to start sort of producing and filming stuff myself. Um, we set up a little company, and then I kind of got obsessed with the camera side of things, and uh, and then I kind of said, right, well, I'm just going to go off and do this full time as a as a camera guy, um, and that was six years ago.
2: Wow! So you started off in special effects initially yeah was that vfx special effects or
1: was it no no pyrotechnics like... and things like that so wow everything physical yeah so, where, where did you where did you study that uh so i studied model making at bournemouth arts institute
2: okay
1: and then, um and then i went into prop making and model making so i was doing like props for like werewolf films and like huge films and stuff and then um i i i, I found out about you know going into special effects and uh, I worked for a few people who did that, and uh, I kind of just sort of stayed on that bandwagon for a while. Um, it was good fun. like It's good fun blowing up cars and things like that. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, it's, it's it's definitely, it sounds more glamorous than it is, put it that way. Um, but I, I, I kind of was just missing that kind of creativity. Like, I wanted to be more involved in the movie-making side of it. Okay. You know what I mean? Rather than just...
0: Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Or,
1: you know, or someone who's doing something in the film. I wanted to be more, of, you know, have more of a say, if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. So what, what was your first experience into the, you know, working behind the lens and, I guess, really falling in love with that, that aspect of filmmaking?
1: I don't know the exact time but i think when we were running this little production company that i sat with my cousin uh we we all kind of got hold of some 5d cameras and this was when it was like the 5d revolution and uh and it was yeah we we all kind of had a go basically and we didn't know which one of us would be the best behind the camera but we were all kind of trying to you know run each um job as it were sort of off the cuff but you know literally just on the end of a thread kind of just getting by um and we were we all had a go behind the camera and we worked out that i was the better one (laughs) and 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 i kind of just got more into it and i was just just watching stuff online like you know i just i think like a lot of people i was watching a lot of philip bloom at the time um because he was talking about five d's a lot and uh and i just found that it was a never-ending thing that i could learn forever like lighting is just like a you just never finish learning like in cinematography, like it's a never ending journey on, on discovery and learning, you know. Um, and I just thought, wow, like I could just do this forever and constantly be learning every day. Whereas I felt like with things like special effects, um, when you know how, you know, how to do something, it's you can apply it in different ways. But, it, you know, they, I think it's limited to the amount.
2: That's amazing. I, I never knew that. I always thought you studied cinematography at university and that's what led you into it. So that's quite interesting. So you, so you no. kind of explored the
1: medium and then you found yeah. a passion and went in that direction. Yeah, yeah. And I think and, a lot of people do it different. Everyone's different, you know, and, and everyone does. It is maybe like a trainee in camera department and then a focus puller or something like that. But I, I was doing, yeah, like kind of prop making and special effects, then then producing and filming um simultaneously and then and then i moved into sort of camera work full-time really
2: it's interesting because you and i worked on a commercial together for a cosmetics brand i remember and i i remember that jump from you using 5ds to the, the equipment that you used on that shoot which was like a lot more heavier stuff i remember thinking about it like wow simon's a pro in the camera space and where was that in your kind of growth as a filmmaker like,
1: where did that happen? Um, I think it just happens with everyone, really. Like, if the more you do it, the more you pursue it, like, it, you will eventually just get hold of better and more sophisticated equipment. I think on that shoot, we it was quite a basic shoot. We were just shooting behind the scenes of a of a photography shoot, I think it was, um, and we we were just using my FS7. Um, so I think I owned an F5D and then I bought, I jumped quite, you know, quite quickly higher up to an FS7. Um, so it's quite a leap really. Um, but then, and then I, I now, I now own an Alexa as well, but uh, you know, some people have never touched an Alexa, but I think because they've been around for so long now and you know, the original Alexas have gone down in price, you know, you can buy one for almost the same price as a, a lower budget camera so when i was starting out you know six seven eight years ago in the camera world you know it was a lot more difficult to get hold of um or, or be even using really good cameras whereas now you know you can buy stuff that shoots 4k for like a thousand pounds wow you know? so i think that's what i think technology because technology is there you've got people who are like 16 18 you know and they can go out and shoot stuff and it will look a lot better than it did when i did because I just didn't have the technology, you know, to, to be able to do it. You know, and everyone can edit on their laptop now and things like that. Mm. And it's all a lot faster. Um, but technology definitely helps. I think uh, for people, it, it might it might have been a little quicker for me maybe earlier on. Um, had the cameras been a bit better and a bit cheaper, I don't know. You know, it might have been easier. But it took it took a while to you know to 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 be able to use bigger and better stuff.
2: I've seen you now, you're, you're on a completely different uh, level uh, with regards to film, filmmaking and you're doing some really fantastic things. I noticed that you're, you're working on a lot of action films and working with some really interesting actors, including Vinnie Jones and Andrew Scott. What's it like working with those stars when they're at the end of your lens? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, a- Andrew was probably the highest Profile kind of actor i've worked with I, and that was and that was four years ago that was on that was on a tv pilot slash short that i did that should be out in the next couple of months um and he you know he he was just one of those actors where you like you just gotta you know be quiet when he's on set you know you just gotta really respect the space that he's in you know and you kind of I don't know, it's like you're kind of really angsty about the whole thing. <laughs> you don't want to, <laughs> like, you've never sweated so much, you know, because you don't want to wow. upset him or anything else. Um, so, I mean, I've had that, you know, before when I was doing special effects, but, you know, when you're behind the camera, you've got to make them look good. So
0: um, <laughs> it's very, st- I remember that day was like, You can go from I should start a podcast to actually starting a podcast with Spreaker. Spreaker's tools allow you to record, manage, distribute, and monetize any podcast idea, whether it's about your business or even your cat. And as your podcast grows, Spreaker helps you manage your success and even monetize it. That means all you need to get started is a microphone and a really good idea. Learn more and get thirty percent off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com slash get started. Anxious I've ever
1: been. Um now I'd probably be more confident. Um, because it was four years ago, I hadn't even shot a feature film. Um I mean, everything in my life has changed in the last four years since wow. I shot that short, really. Um, which is crazy to think, but um, and it's it's been four years because they've been doing so much visual effects on that short film because um, it's quite an intense CGI-heavy uh, sci-fi short film, so or TV pilot. Um, so, but yeah, it was it was really interesting working with him. Um, and he, I mean, he's like one of the best. You know, he's he's an Olivier Award-winning actor. So he's um, it's pretty intense seeing him work. <laughs> he's one of those actors
2: that just has so much charisma on screen oh yeah yeah. um and you know i'm sure you know there's fantastic lighting on him and there's you know people that are really great at capturing him but you know when you see him on on television or or you know on the cinema screen he he really does capture yeah. The mood, you know, the, the essence is brilliant. So it's yeah. great. I mean, I, I only read that today before when as I was developing my note to talk to you,
1: I read mm. that you worked with him and I was like, wow, you know,
2: you know, and I mentioned Vinny Jones as well, because you know, mm. Vinny Jones is cool.
1: You know, um, yeah, Vinny Jones is a laugh, you know, he's he's a cool guy. Um, he's definitely he's set in his ways. Um, but um I think people know that. Um but you know, yeah, he's a he's a cool guy. He's he is a good actor though, you know. Like people say he's they're not too sure in his acting, but you, you ask him to perform. He, he performs, you know. I he's, think he's brilliant. No, he's, I actually he's, think he brilliant. brings the character, you know. He he brings that nuance, nuance thing, you know. He's he's done it for quite a few years now. It's been 20 years or something since Snatch. Yeah, since know? Lockstock. Lock, Lock, Lockstock even, sorry. Mm. So, um, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. He's good at it. So let's talk about some of these action films that you're working on, because I've noticed you've, you've done like four or five
2: quite – hefty budget action films over the last few years
1: i think i got into i didn't well i would say um like my first feature so like in the last three so my first feature was 2016 but that didn't come out until 2018 um just because it was being released in america and they didn't i think they were just taking their time um to release it and that was released by saban films who did power rangers and stuff Wow, um, and they're releasing the sequel as well. So like, it, the first one got released, Vengeance or I Am Vengeance, got released just before we were filming or as we were filming the sequel, uh, I Am Vengeance Retaliation. And um, yeah, so I mean, that was my 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 moment to kind of shine. You know, doing my first feature, but I think it was it was so early on. You know, I think everyone's first feature is kind of just going to be like, you know kind of a guessing game as it were because you've never done one before Um, I mean I've done big short films before but um, I think you just you just you you live and learn I think on everything you know Um, and that was it wasn't that much action in it Um, there was a fair bit but it had an ex WWE wrestler in it called Stu Bennett Um, Wow! so he was um, he was in the first one and the second one as the lead and in the second one, uh, Vinnie Jones is sort of a- alongside him, sort of as the bad guy. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of action films. I mean, yeah, they are, they are pretty full on kind of like the second one that we filmed last year, not last year, 2018, um, which is hopefully out soon, uh, Retaliation, um, Vengeance Retaliation. That's, um, that's that is, that is pretty much like The Expendables like the British Expendables. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it is full on. Um, so yeah, there's uh, uh it, it was quite interesting, quite fun to do that.
2: How did you get into working on those two films? I mean, obviously you got into the second one because of the first one, but yeah, yeah. Like, like, how did that t- team approach you? Or did you approach them? Like what, what, what was the, well, I got
1: the, the job originally on the first one was literally because the line producer knew me. Um, and and he recommended me to the director, um, and this was the director's I think first proper budget sort of film. Wow. Uh, when, we, when I say proper budget, we're still talking like you know, really independent, small, low budget film. Mm. <laughs> but it's you know it's not it's not nothing. You know it's still a lot of money, but um, it's not the money you know TV shows are made on. Say, um, but yeah, and I, I just got recommended through the the line producer really, um, and I, I had had a lot of interviews previous to that for other feature films or camera operating on feature films. But because I hadn't done a feature film, it was really tricky to get on other jobs. Yeah. Um, and and that's what I've, and even getting an agent, you know, they wouldn't, I wasn't, I couldn't get signed because I didn't, you know, I hadn't done a feature film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, I just did, I just did that film. And then obviously that helped, get me other films, I guess. That's uh,
2: amazing. So, so basically your relationship with that line producer, someone you'd worked with before, allowed you to have that opportunity, kind of gave you the chance. Yeah. To, that's brilliant.
1: Yeah, I think that happens just with everyone, really. Like, you'd always just get someone who you know, even like I've had production designers recommend me, you know, like that I get on with. Mm. Um, there's two who I've worked with on, on, I think, two films with both of them. And you know they're always trying to recommend me for stuff because they like working with me, and they'll they'll know I'll photograph their their designs and their rooms and whatever they're creating as a production designer. They'll know that I'm going to make it look good, right? Um, so they kind of want to work with me. Um, so you know you always got to you always got someone hopefully out there batting for your team, as it were. But yeah, but then well, some, all, sometimes you it's... might not get the job anyway, even
2: absolutely. if absolutely. Yeah no I mean it's it's all about connections you need to you need to work with people that trust you and you know you trust them and that trust allows you to kind of do more work you know ultimately yeah
1: yeah, yeah exactly um and I mean I, I I then I I did um I did like the, the first I, I am vengeance um and then uh I think the following year so 2017 Did I do a film in 2017? Oh, yeah, 2017, I think. I just did, like, two really small kind of... I did an art house Romanian film uh, with, like, a director friend of mine. What was that called? Um, Memento Amare. Right. Tell us about that. Um, Well, that was... I mean, it was... It sounds crazy, but basically it was supposed... I always thought it was going to be a short film. And then... But it was, like... It wasn't written as a feature. But because there was slow motion in it and it was an art house kind of film, we just filmed loads and loads of stuff in four or five days um, in a documentary kind of drama style way uh, with sort of slow motion for flashbacks and things like that uh, with operatic music. And it was really, I'm, I'm still really happy with it. I just wish that I shot it maybe on a better camera or I could have graded it a bit better as well. Um, And sometimes it usually is with these films, like I wish the grading was better, but sometimes there isn't the budget or the time or or things like that. Because the color grade, you know, you you film something um, and it kind of comes out, you know, milky because that just enables you in post to add color and contrast and to Mm. give it that film-like quality. Um, And if you don't get a good color grade, then it can really ruin what you've done in, in camera sometimes. I see um so yeah i mean but yeah that was that was quite a fun little thing and i mean it hasn't been distributed yet or anything like that but so it's not out yet no well it. i think uh i have to check actually i don't know if it's viewable online anywhere i think it might be going on some kind of distribution channel at some point soon i think there was going to actually was actually going to be a screening in june or sometime something like that but i think obviously that's not happening now but um yeah, that, that's just kind of in the in the director's pocket and they're going to try and do something with it. But uh, I think it was like six months or a year after that, we then did a a bigger feature film together, um, which had a bit more funding. And that was like a kitchen sink drama about a girl with autism. Right. Um, it had a lot of potential, that film. And it was called Acceptable Damage. Uh, I managed to get it through the guys that I did I Am Vengeance with. I managed to get it... Um, distributed through them um because i knew them um and so i put the director in touch with them and so acceptable damage got uh got distribution so it got it got went into a couple of cinemas into Cineworlds, worlds and wow. yeah so that was i was actually my first uk cinema release weirdly enough and it was like my third or fourth feature so third feature i think so um that was weird that that and that was actually like you know it was really really low budget and we shot that in like a week and a half or something right um but that you know it was a it was very kind of ad hoc kind of it was a bit like the film crash but you know not not as hollywood
2: (laughs) when when you say so when you say um crash are you talking about the there's two crash films. There's the are,
1: okay, <laughs> yeah, there's the one
2: that there's the one that deals with racism and then there's right. the one that deals with erotic car crashes.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's that one. Okay. Um I th- it's the one where loads of different things happen to different people and yeah. then they all they're all kind of coincidence. Yeah. Coincidentally yeah, so yeah. entwined.
2: Yeah, that's um, a great film. I mean, yeah. they're both they're both great films actually. If you get a chance to see the other one as well, it's a really good film. Uh, very dark. Mm. very dark um i think the guy who directed it oh what's his name who did naked lunch um and also oh the film uh video videodrome i've got the name of the okay. director but anyway he got death threats after he made that film the, oh, right, okay the, the the yeah um anyway so <laughs> we're, we're going off on a tangent so acceptable damage that was filmed in romania did you say
1: no no so um memento amare um which was with the Romanian director. Yeah. Um, and, and we hadn't done anything together before. And uh, we shot that little, it's all in Romanian, um, apart from a few sequences in English. So that was, okay. and that was after I did I Am Vengeance. Um, right. So my, my, it was kind of my second feature, as it were. Uh, but I, we, all, we all went and filmed it, like all the crew filmed it over four or five days, thinking it was going to be a short. And then they ended up editing it into an hour and 10 minutes. Wow. Um, I, know, I know. So it was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, but I was really happy with it. And, and I just, I, I'm, I am a big fan of art house, you know, cinema and, and those kind of things. So I really, I, I do still in, enjoy it. And um, it was, it was a little bit more of a, you know, an experimentational kind of thing to do. Mm. Um, it was, it was all black and white apart from the flashbacks. Um, you know, they're all speaking Romanian. I didn't have a clue what they were saying.
0: Wow.
1: Um, you know, so it was quite tricky. Um, and then we went on and did this kitchen sink sort of drama about a girl with autism. Um, and the subject was interesting on that I, again. Um, but I just think it was, um, we just needed a little bit more work on the script side. Um, but it was, it was, you know, I think the best advice I've been given is just keep shooting, just keep yeah. going. And like, if you can, like I've done six features now in, I mean, if you don't include when I shot, you don't include the year I shot the first one and when it was released, so twenty eighteen. So I've done six features in two years. Wow! But realistically, it's since it's been since twenty sixteen, so six features in, in four years, let's say. Um. So, it, like, as well as loads of shorts, you know. So that, that's Ridley Scott territory, right there, mate. Yeah. So I'm just trying <laughs> to. I think, like people say, you live and learn. If you if you don't have a mentor and you, if you're not learning under someone, learn from yourself. Mm. so just keep and that's the best advice i would say and it's what i've been told as well just keep filming and then you'll learn more um even if you screw up it doesn't matter you know people might not see it sometimes people will see it you know um, there was the things that I wish I did differently in, in loads of the films that I've shot.
0: <laughs> and yeah. I'm
1: like, oh, I can't even watch that. <laughs> yeah. But that's human.
2: You know, yeah, a, yeah. Any, any artist would, would have that. Mm-hmm. Just quickly, with regards to Memento Mare, and Acceptable Damage, yeah.
1: who, who was the director? Uh, Lavinia Semina. Lavinia Semina. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, she's a really, really, really driven female director um, from Romania originally. Um and we've we've done a we did an art house. It was actually for an art installation for the for the Tate or something like that, I think. I can't remember where it's for. Um and we did we did that last summer. So that was really fun. But mm. like, we um we kind of, it's a bit more of it's like a music video style art house thing, uh, based on a painting, like a moving painting. But um uh, that's the only thing we've done recently. But um Yeah, she's always trying to get features off the ground, which is great. Um, Yeah,
2: well, you need to be part of um, a circle of creatives that are working together, collaborating together to make things happen. Um, otherwise, Otherwise, nothing happens, as you say, you know. Yeah. So just going back to Iron Vengeance, before you made the film, you were given the script, you looked at the script. What was going through your mind when you were looking through that script?
1: Um, I was, I mean, I think at that point I was like, I don't care what the script is, I'll shoot it <laughs> because wow. I mean, because it's like, oh, I've been offered a feature film and I've only, you know, and I've been doing this two years, you know, really since I left the production company that I, I was run, like working with or, 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 you know, was running, you know, I, I, I think I did a TV pilot up to that point. Um, which was like three years prior to that when I was still working at the production company, I did a TV pilot, but other than that, you know, other than shorts, I think the year before I had my predator, uh, dark ages fan film come out. Yeah. Um, and that got me my us agent in America, I think.
2: That's amazing.
1: So that was quite cool. Um, but they, again, I don't have a visa yet, so they haven't been able to do too much for me. Um, but, yeah, I think it was just the case of, like, I need to do this no matter what, really. And it was a fun script. I was just reading it, and I was like, oh, wicked. You know, there's, I mean, I, I love Bond films, you know, Mission Impossible films and all those kind of things. Um, and I, I, was, I was really behind the kind of, you know, the, the script. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it didn't really matter what was given to me at that point. I was just like, I need to do a feature film. Yeah. But it just so happened that it was quite a fun film to to work on and, and, Ross, the director is a, a lovely guy. So
2: what's the name of the director?
1: Uh, Ross Boyask.
2: How do you spell
1: that? Uh, Boyask is B O Y A S K. Um, so yeah, he, he, he works alongside evolutionary films. who also distribute films as well.
0: Right.
1: Uh, so that's, he, he then went on and did I am vengeance to retaliation with, with Vinnie Jones in, um, and Stu Bennett again, um and that's what we did on the in twenty eighteen. So um that was it that was even more that was like literally double everything from the first film. I mean, it was just nonstop sort kind of people fighting, people shooting, <laughs> 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 um, car crashing, yeah, all sorts. That's um, awesome. What was that films? filmed? Uh in an RAF base in Suffolk. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was lo- loads of people filmed there all the time. Um, but you can literally do anything there. I mean, it's, I, I actually weirdly filmed, uh, another film, I think in the same year. No, maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't the same year, but I've, I filmed two films in Suffolk now and I've had to stay in a caravan park twice <laughs> within a year. Um, and the other film I did at the same RAF base was, uh, a, an international Chinese feature film for, for Chinese Netflix. Right. Um, Although they don't call it Netflix, it's like something else. I can't, I can't remember what it's called. but um, So that was quite interesting because that, that film was called The Grandest Wedding of Royals, which is right. backwards English way. I don't really know what it means or what it stands for or <laughs> <laughs> what it represents, but it's basically about two spies that are from different clans that kind of fall in love. Um, and it was apparently based on a manga comic book um so i kind of put a lot of color into it and i gave it a bit of a noir feel but then at the same time i gave it a bit of a romantic feel you know for certain scenes so it was a very kind of like some scenes i kind of went with you know very green kind of the matrix kind of vibes and then some scenes were very lovey-dovey and it was all a bit all over the place in terms of styles um so that was quite interesting To do and it it was fun. It was I mean it was very difficult because we had two cameras. We shot in two and a half weeks, three weeks, and the director and all the cast were Chinese and didn't speak English. Whoa! Um, So the only people speaking English were the crew, so that was fine. But then and then I had a translator with the director, Um, but he he would keep drawing all these manga drawings, you know, uh, storyboards, but. I was like, that's not physically possible because this <laughs> actor can't fly through the air, <laughs> you know, um, with a ball of fire in his hand. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, you, "You, I said, draw it for me, not not tell me that, you know, <laughs> draw it so I can't shoot what you want me to. Yeah. Um, so it was very well, difficult and very challenging. Well, that's the beauty of
2: uh, working with different nationalities is yeah. like learning the nuances of, how, how they work. I, you, I mean, you know that I've worked in the holographic world for a long time. Some of the holograms I've done have, have been in China. So, we've d- you know, I've done some in Shanghai, done some in Beijing. Um, and you have to work with locals. Um, and the majority of those locals don't speak English and I don't speak Mandarin. And you have to try and figure out how to, you know, how, how to connect so that you can deliver the vision that, that, you know that's on paper or or whatever so i could i totally feel that must have been really challenging
1: yeah no it was um and yeah it was challenging (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it was very 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 stressful that job i mean i think had it been not such a tight space of time and the they kind of knew if they knew kind of what they wanted but sometimes they just didn't know what they want and they they went into film. We went into filming with this script that was just not obtainable, um, and we, I kept going. Well, you need three nights. They went, we needed to do night shoots where you shoot through the night, um, and I'm like, but they're like, but well, we only have one night. I'm like, then you have to cut the scene. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't understand that there were things weren't literally physically weren't possible, or they didn't have the money. Um right. so they kept every night they were just cutting back cutting back cutting cutting scenes <laughs> or changing whole things around and yeah it was a bit all over the shop but um we got it done and it looked actually really nice and and weirdly enough that off the back of that and people always say this if you do a project you know four or five years down the line or even a month later it might come back to haunt you in a good way in the fact that it might get you another job um and that that Chinese film that I did um, kind of got me Legacy of Lies, really. Right. Uh, the film that I did last year in the Ukraine, um, because they, they saw that on my website and in my reel, and the director said he just loved the use of colour and contrast and stuff. Awesome. Um, so let's talk about Legacy of Lies. Totally, totally completely random. Um, I think I got the job through Facebook. Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg for that. Uh, recommend, <laughs> um, no. So like, yeah, I literally just saw an advert going and they were like, we wish we, we're, we're shooting in like a month's time. We need, um, we need someone out in Ukraine as soon as possible. Someone who's done spy films, um, with spy script. And I said, Oh, and I saw it and I thought, Oh, like, billion people have applied to this job. <laughs> you know how it is. And, um, I was just like oh, okay well screw it. I'll I'll apply. Mm. Um, but I said well look I've done I've done a Chinese spy film which was basically like Mr and Mrs Smith but in Chinese. It was a very similar co- sort of film to Mr and Mrs Smith that Chinese film. Um and so I I sent that over and I said and I've also done some action stuff um on The Vengeance uh Double Bill uh, shall we say. Yeah. Um and so and there was a little bit of Chinese martial arts in the, the grandest wedding of royals, um, but not, but not much, not much. Um, so, I mean, the only action stuff I had done was the Vengeance double bill, really, um, as well as some some shorts and things like that. Um, so, I, I sent all that stuff over, and then uh, I sent a, I sent a mood board as well because they sent me. They said, right, well, you're down to the last three. Can you send me? Wow. Send you the script. Um, so I read the script, and I absolutely loved the script and I, I then had an interview over Skype with them because they were in the Ukraine, and I think the director was in Barcelona where he lives. Right. Um, he's actually a Dutch director. He's, he's Dutch but lives in Barcelona, but his wife's Ukrainian. Um, so a bit. He, he goes all over the place, really. <laughs> What's so, his name? Adrian Boll. Okay. Yeah, he does commercials as well, mm. mainly. Um, and... And yeah, and I just sent them a mood board that I put together and I said, well, this is the vibe I'm getting from the script. Am I close? And then I saw the director's one and we were like matching on like four out of five films. Wow. Referencing. So, I mean, you could, you could read, it, read the script and it would just leap off the
0: You can go from I should start a podcast to actually starting a podcast with Spreaker. Spreaker's tools allow you to record, manage, distribute, and monetize any podcast idea, whether it's about your business or even your cat. And as your podcast grows, Spreaker helps you manage your success and even monetize it. That means all you need to get started is a microphone and a really good idea. Learn more and get thirty percent off at Spreaker.com/getstarted. That's spreake get started.
1: Pages in terms of what films he was referencing. That's wow. how, <laughs> that's how strong it was, you know. So that's cool. Um, it was cool, yeah. It was. I mean, it was all the films that I really like. So you had like John Wick in there. Uh, skyfall in there um go with the dragon tattoo um yeah those kind of mission and you know actually uh, very much born as well a lot of the born films that kind of running constantly on the run looking over your shoulder kind of feel mm. um yeah those films are all kind of referenced upon i think especially in and then we definitely did that in the cinematography in the end awesome what was that like to shoot well, again, that was, that was all in the Ukraine other than two days in the UK. Right. Um, even though 60% of the film is set in the UK, we shot all, those, all that 60% or 50% of it in the Ukraine, but obviously inside buildings in the Ukraine, yeah. um, cheating it for the UK. Um, and But the crew were obviously all Ukrainian. And again, I had that kind of that experience with the Chinese film. That I did. Um, but obviously in the Ukraine I made sure that the head of departments were all could all speak English. So at least I could communicate with the crew. Yeah. And a lot of the actors could speak English as well. A lot of people out there do speak English. Um mm-hmm. uh, but obviously it's a bit more limited um, than you want, but it's it was definitely better English than the, the Chinese production that I did. Um but yeah, it was it was I mean the amazing locations over there and they have great crew they're all very hard working and it was it was pretty daunting you know i had to i literally had like a few days and then i had to go out there um, wow
2: and all the equipment was there so you yeah, you, you yeah. just specked up what you needed or you, you yeah. spoke to them about that
1: yeah i mean cool. it, was, it was a little um i wanted to get i wanted to get lenses from england that they didn't have over there um hmm. but it was just such a faff it wasn't really worth wasn't worth it in the end. I had to kind of make do with what they had. Um, I mean, they still had a really good selection of lenses. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Um, You know, I think I went with the Cook Anamorphics, um, and the the Cook lenses are, you know, world-renowned lenses, but these were the Anamorphics, so you don't have to put a a black, you know, you don't have to letterbox a 16 by 9 image if you shoot anamorphic. The the, the lens uh, is already made it's made so in camera it will give you that cinema ratio right i see to to fit on a wide screen right um so um yeah we went with the cook anamorphics which are the same lenses they shot on birds of prey i believe
2: right
1: um and uh yeah so yeah we used that and an alexa mini um and sometimes we had two two cameras on that as well in fact all the films that i've done other than the ones with Lavinia, um, all of the films I've I've been two cameras. I think right. And what what does that mean from a
2: from a process production process point of view?
1: Um, it means you have to be more on your toes, definitely. <laughs> right, because you're. I mean, if you've got so much time to shoot something, I mean, TV shows these days they're shooting with two or three cameras, just right. because you have to shoot so much in such a small amount of time. Yeah. Um like Roger Deakins likes to use only one camera. He likes to focus on the one camera at a time. And I think every cinematographer likes to do that. And I personally like to do that. But when you've got like loads of action scenes or loads of fights or a lot of dialogue and you don't want to have to run the scene like a hundred times to shoot one way and then shoot on the, to the other person afterwards. I see. It's, it just speeds up the production process a lot more. Right. Um,
2: You're kind of capturing um, a few uh, like multiple angles
1: in an efficient way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, precisely. Yeah. How long were you on set for for that? Um, so that was actually still quite a short. It wasn't as short as some of the really low budget films, but Legacy of Lies, budget wise, is actually the biggest one I've done to date. So I think total, their total budget was like four million dollars. Right. Um, I think in like one or two million pounds shooting budget, which means which goes into the shooting itself rather than, you know, lawyers pockets and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, um, but that was 26 days, I think 26 or 28 days, 26 days in the, in or 20. Yeah. Something like that (laughs) uh, in Ukraine. And then we did like two or three in the UK. That
2: film obviously is getting post-produced and edited now.
1: When is that going to come finished. out? Yeah, yeah, it's all finished. Uh, oh, the tra- right, okay. Traders should be, like, next week or the week after. Brilliant. Um, and it's being released in the U.S. by Lionsgate, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and that is, I think, the 28th of July, apparently, but don't quote me on that. Um, okay. And then that's in, that's in the U.S., and I think that's because of the situation with COVID and everything, I think it's going to be just online and on a certain channel in the US. Right. Um, and then in the UK, apparently it's coming out in October via Signature Entertainment. Okay. Um, and then worldwide, I, I don't know where the other place is. But, um, but yeah, so that's really cool. Um, that's awesome. It sounds like a really cool project. Yeah. Um, Just, um, I mean, you
2: touched on COVID-19. How has that affected you as a, as a DOP? You know, like... Does it affect your business? What's changed?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, uh, it's been quite, well, usually January, February, quiet times anyway. Mm. Literally everyone in, no matter what kind of genre or part of the business you're in, if you're doing corporates or fashion or commercials or whatever, not that many people work January, February. Maybe if you're doing feature films, because they can just film whenever. There is, you know, just literally there's no, They'll just film during christmas if they need to yeah. um but um most people find it quiet during january and february and then in march start things start to get pick, picked up a bit and then you're getting busy by april and then it's really busy may june then you might get a little bit of a low in the summer because people are away on holiday or something and then it picks up again september october blah 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 but this year like january and february was quiet and then i was I got like a few jobs the end of February. Like I did a really cool kind of uh, com- uh, commercial for a chair company. Um, they wanted it to look like a Blade Runner kind of film. So that was really wow. cool. Um, so we did that and that should be out soon, I think. Um, so we did that like the end of February and then literally like the beginning of March, this sort of whole thing kind of kicked off really. Um, and that's when it should have been picking up for me work-wise. Um I think I had one short film penciled which mm. was, ha- was supposed to happen on the 6th of April and then obviously or 3rd of April and then that obviously didn't happen. Um and then and that yeah so like I literally haven't worked since the beginning of March.
2: Wow, okay.
1: <laughs> and, um yeah. I'm trying to get as much out of the government and as as I can. <laughs> <laughs> um so
2: my assumption is though there's still a few things floating about like people are contacting you about things and there's discussions yeah. going
1: on yeah there's there's definitely feature feature films that are uh lined up potentially they're just in the process of getting funding or they have some funding um, yeah but I mean I can't really commit too much when people have haven't even got the funding yet yeah <laughs> it's it's like i guess gets i guess get, uh, sent scripts quite a lot but um you know as a producer you you can you need to read them because you need to get on the project. But as a DOP, I can't really do much unless you've got the money and unless it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got, you know, there's a couple of features that are potentials. Um, it's just, it's just if they can get the rest of the money and, and you know, when we can film really, because um, that's where I'm kind of aiming to kind of just spend a lot of my time now is doing commercials if, and when I get them. Um, but I'm not, hundred percent in that um sort of zone i'm not in that field as much um i'm kind of wanting to really push more you know the tv drama especially which i haven't done yet right um because to be honest like feature films in the uk have kind of died a death i mean only 50 were made last year above a million right Um, independent films were only 50 were made above a million so I mean, hundreds were made below a million, (laughs) but any you know any good decent budget film above a million, there was only fifty last year made, Um, and so that was down by fifty percent. Right, I see. The year before that, and so that just shows how you know independent. No one's investing as much, nearly enough, or as much. People aren't investing, but you know, people who want to do certain schemes or whatever to. To get rid of cash flow and things like that, you know they're not investing in in independent films anymore uh, as much as they used to. So, uh, and yet last year also it went up by fifty percent filming TV shows. Yeah. So that just shows that streaming Netflix, Amazon, blah blah blah. You know they're all they're all leading the way. You know that is the future of. I mean, even uh, you know the new Chris Hemsworth film, you know Extraction. That was you'd expect to see that in the cinema normally. Do you know what I mean? um and the same with um scorsese film you know you'd you'd expect to see that in the cinema Mm. but and it yeah all right fine it did do a little stint in the cinema but you know that's just you know well it's it's a different it's a different landscape
2: yeah uh, the 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 visual media world now and it's it's changed dramatically I mean, it, it always changes, but it's changed dramatically very quickly over the last five to ten years. Yeah, particularly because of um, the way humans have evolved into consuming media. People yeah. still go to the cinema. You know, well, obviously not now because of COVID nineteen, but you get the right franchise and you you market it in the right way, you can make a billion dollars in in one weekend. You know, so people still yeah. go to the cinema. But I,
1: th- I think it's just that above above a certain you know, like above. 50 million dollar threshold you know like the films that are made um you know it's, it's just going to be those what we call tentpole films mm. marvel disney star wars there you go that's it do you know what i mean it's those it's the it's all the it's all the companies that are owned by disney basically yeah. <laughs> so well, it, fox you know <laughs> you've got everyone owned by disney they're the only ones that go in the cinema now yeah because well they got well, an audience
2: no absolutely and it, it, you're right i mean it has changed and and television this golden era of television it's been it's been around for a while now what like the last 15 years like when the Sopranos started to like now with um you know things like money heist um even documentaries like obviously tiger king um the world has changed, and, and it, I, I personally I, I find it really exciting because you know I mean you know some of the things I do as a comedian as like a musician as yeah as, a, as, a, as an extra. I've been doing more work than I've ever done because yeah. of the way people are consuming media now it's, it's yeah, definitely. There's, there's, there are opportunities um just just not the same opportunities for sure
1: yeah um, I hundred percent, and I think it, there are it has created almost not more jobs, but like you said, more opportunities for people who do drama uh, or narrative rather. Mm. Um, and, and that's, and that's why it's a prime time, I think for me to really concentrate on, on pushing my drama stuff. Um, because that's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's what I've always, it's why I got into the business. You know, I, I, I love cinema and I've, I've never loved commercials. I've only done commercials because, you know, you can get good, good money from it. Mm. Um, and you can learn a lot as well on commercials. You know, you do one day on a commercial, you can learn, learn a lot um, and you get to experiment sometimes, you know, if if they allow you to put the boat, push the boat out. Yeah. But sometimes they're very, you know, penickety and pedantic and, you know, and annoying, you know, the client, <laughs> <laughs> the clients don't want this, but the director wants that, you know, you're constantly fighting that battle. Whereas for me, I like doing short films, sometimes your music video, but with a short, I can, try different methods i can try different things um yeah and i think it's just about experimenting to then to then try it on a on a bigger project absolutely and and i've been in the same boat as you
2: with regards to uh, dipping your toe into the, the the different worlds the commercial world and the film world or the drama world are, are two completely different beasts two completely different mindsets yeah, um, exactly. But I agree, I agree with you, it's good to kind of get your hands dirty in both those industries because you can, you can learn, you know, and, yeah. and, and hone your craft, which is the most important thing. Yeah, definitely. January this year, you were selected by British Cinematographer Magazine as a new wave DOP rising star. How did they approach you and what has that done for you?
1: Um, so I knew that they did an article, because they're a bi-monthly magazine. So every couple of months they release a magazine. But I knew that they did them on DPs who were, you know, coming of age, as it were, in in the world of uh, cinematographers. Um, And I actually approached, I think my agent said, oh, why didn't we recommend you to them? Um, Because I don't think they go out of their way to find people. I think people are either recommended to them all the time. Um, so they, my agent recommended me to them and then they said, yeah, we'd love to, we've seen his stuff. We, we think he's, he's definitely, you know, up there and he, he can be we He could be in this, this, uh, month's issue. Um, Amazing. simple as that really. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I, I was like, yeah, well, that's great. Wicked. Uh, um, <laughs> what, what, so, what has that done for you? Um, I don't know if it's done much. I think. It's other than like a little pat on the back for myself and a little bit of, you know, especially in these dark times where you're like a lot of people doubt themselves and, you know, especially as a freelancer, you get a lot of dark days. I think like, I always used to get Monday blues, <laughs> um, even if, you know, even if I knew something positive was happening down the line, I would still get negative on a Monday cause I knew I wasn't working or something. Right. Um, because, you know, you just go through a month or a few weeks where you don't work and you don't know if it's you, you're not good enough. You know, so there's a lot of doubt, self-doubt um, quite a lot of the time as a freelancer. Um, and I think it was just like it was a nice little pat on the back, you know, for myself, really, just to say, like, you, you know, you're doing all right. You're doing all right, kid. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, mate, uh, you
2: are you are doing all right. Like I've seen the stuff you're doing and it's incredible. It's, re- it's a real, real pleasure to see you know, your, your rise to this, this, this fantastic, credible uh, cinematographer, you know, it's brilliant.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Well, it's, um it's definitely been, it's been, I wouldn't say it's been a long journey yet because, you know, some people do it for 10, 20 years before they're, they've done this many features as it were. Um, but like I said, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm not really now, I'm not concentrating now on just doing loads of load, like any old sort of thing. I'm just kind of, I'm really trying to hone my, my projects. I work on a bit more and, um, especially trying to, you know, move into TV stuff. Um, but, but I'm, yeah, I guess it's, I think I did, it did get maybe noticed by it's good. It's good to touch upon, I think for people, you know, especially in the cinematography world, as it were, um, it's good for other DPs to see me like, you know, as a peer, you know, as, yeah. a, as kind of that um, they can maybe ask me to come in and replace them on a job or, um, you know, come in in a second unit on something. Um, you know, so it, it's good. It, it was good for me amongst that world of people, but um, I don't think it was, um, I don't think, because not many directors maybe pick up British Cinematography Magazine. Um, I think it's more about the filmmakers themselves, you know, below the line yeah. of people
0: yeah
2: well it well it enhances your proposition as a you know as as a cinematographer which is so important yeah um simon ever so sorry we're going to start to wind this fantastic podcast down we've said so much and we're coming to the end of it i know you're
1: strapped for time sounds good Um, yeah no no problem
2: brother like this has been a really really good podcast i'm sure people who are listening to it are going to get a lot of value from it if anyone wants to get in contact with you what's the best way to get in contact with you
1: uh, well, I'm on Instagram a lot, um, so you can always find me on Instagram. Um, I am – what am I on Instagram? I think I'm Simon Rowling, R-O-W-L-I-N-G, Simon Rowling DP on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and, and my website's just srcinematography, uh, com or, or .co.uk. Um, yeah, srcinematography.co.uk is my website. Who's your agent? Uh, I'm represented by Berlin Associates in the UK and Mertha Scoras in the US. Awesome. Cool. All right, brother. It's been great to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much. For all
2: those that are listening, thanks so much for listening. I hope you got a lot of value out of this one. Wherever you are, I hope you guys are staying safe over the COVID-19 lockdown. Be good.